Hey, what's up guys? Andrew here. Welcome to This Crypto Life, where I explore stories and conversations about Web3 and the future of finance. This podcast is not financial advice. Enjoy this episode. Shirley's Hi. in the building. Good morning. Hello. Hey guys. What's up, Shirley? How are I'm you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Glad I'm here. We're waking up. <laughs> We're waking up. How are you? Yeah, I've been awake. I've been awake for a while. Hi, Milms. How are you? I'm really excited for this session. So I can't wait to kick off. I thought I'd actually turn off early. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, so, so yeah, so there's um, different conversations I wanted to have today. Free-flowing, you know, super conversational. I definitely want to learn a little bit about you, you know, what you, you'd like to share with us today. I definitely talk about crypto stuff, Web3 and um you know communities that it's serving you know especially uh your your country and so um i think we we want to kind of wrap it in, in that way um but yeah uh so so that's uh that's the conversation that i wanted to have today i'm excited about it because i definitely want to hear uh, some of the things that you're working on if they're ready to be shared <laughs> for sure so um so I think that's where we are uh, this morning. So uh, before we do that, I want to say welcome to the room. Welcome to This Crypto Life. Uh, here we have conversations about, you know, crypto and, and different conversations surrounding the creator economy, you know, and, and things of that nature. Uh, definitely consider following the club, the Alliance Academy, and also follow uh, the individuals who resonate with you today. So welcome to the room. And uh, Rob, what do you have? you have anything before we, we kick off? Yeah, let's no, not not really. Let's go forward. We got, I mean, plenty of news uh, to to cover. Um, but uh, but I'm like you said, I'm I'm interested in hearing all that Shirley is working on. I know we've had conversations in the past about some of the things that she's doing. So uh, it's going to be a good show. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Shirley, how are you? Let's uh, let's start with with your day. What's going on with you? Yeah, now I'm good. Uh, just here, the weather's not so great, but. Uh, just kind of happy with um, just, you know, obviously the market's picking up a little bit. I don't know how long it can sustain because we are in very turbulent times, but, you know, just kind of happy to watch and learn. But, you know, despite the market being bad, there are, um, I would say, quite positive signs on the NFT side. Uh, don't know if you guys heard about the 19-year-old who sold $70 million worth of NFTs. That's insane. Did you hear about it? No, was no. Tell the, us about uh, it. Was, was that, that recent the one news with or the, <laughs> with the negative press around the artwork? Yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of shocking. Uh, I had a good laugh. I mean, I think he really didn't do his uh, supporters justice because at least if you have a nice piece of art, or you know, you, someone will find use or you know appreciate it somewhere. But the oh gosh, the the artwork was really bad. The gameplay was really bad. Um, yeah, it's not great. So, um, what did you hear about it, Crypto Rob? Yeah, no, we 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 talked a little bit about it and, and uh, read an article. And so I just my kind of thoughts on it were, um, you know, as as somebody who's, you know, putting, you know, large amounts of money into that. Do you not get a sneak peek on these things or, you know, is it just something that you're completely surprised with the uh, with the re reveal of it? 
Yeah, and I was actually doing some research on Bored Ape and how they came out. And, you know, the artwork can really push a project because I think when they initially launched, I think 23rd of, I can't remember, it was kind of, you know, very quiet, a few NFTs sold. But when the artwork started dropping, people were just so in love with it. And just in terms of um, how you can almost uh you know, create uh, an, a character around this ape, right? Um, uh, and people just really enjoyed it. So, so to see those, um, the apes in that game that I just referenced and just, oh man, it's really bad. <laughs> so, but it does give NFTs a bad name, which is a shame because um, what we're going to be talking about is how NF, uh, Web3 is helping the world. So yeah, hopefully we can get a bit onto that as well. Some positive stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So I definitely want to tap into uh, some of your experience. You know, I was looking at um, some of the things that you've been a part of, especially with your history uh, uh, professionally. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who are being introduced to you for the first time. And um, and yeah, let's let's start there and then we'll talk about some of the things that you're considering working on. (laughs) Okay, so one of my really close friends is in the room. Not going to embarrass anyone. (laughs) She knows who she is. Um, So myself, I come from a sort of consulting background. I have a legal uh, degree, so I have a legal background. Then I went into consulting and that's what we did for a long period of time, just sort of traveling everywhere and solving problems. Um, I have now since moved into the sort of like, let's say entrepreneurial world where I build solutions or find problems um for certain real world you know issues and then that's how I basically um earn a living I've also I've done a bit of everything to be quite honest uh I've even sold on Amazon (laughs) I was uh importing goods from uh the far east and selling it here and pandemic happened yeah I've just done a lot um in different jurisdictions different you know companies different industries and stuff so I don't want to bore anyone with that. I think my profile does. No, uh, it's not boring. It's not boring. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> we, got, we got time to talk. So so unpack a little bit. You know, I definitely want people to learn more about you. Um, you know, there's there's no rush here. So so feel free to to share your story. You know, we have time. You have a lot of experience. I've, I've done some 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 light uh, due diligence on some of the things that oh. you've, you've accomplished. Uh, so, uh, definitely, uh, share with us. So we're here, we're here for that. So, so talk about okay. it. Joe, tell me how good your stalking is. What question do you have? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, since you're bringing it back on me, okay. I'll bring it back to you. Shirley, tell us about, <laughs> I know how, I know how this works. <laughs> so, uh, tell, tell me, tell me about you professionally. So we can go back, um, Let's go back uh, four or five years and then present day. So, so share some stories with us and add notes. Yeah, anecdotes, four or um, five, four you know, five years. Gosh, it's weird. Um, it's really weird because the last few years are kind of a wash, right? So, four or five years, I just literally just left the whole 
I'm consulting for other people and I'm now trying to find my way as an entrepreneur. What do I want to do? Um, I started selling on Amazon. I thought it might be interesting. I just finished my nutrition uh, qualification. I was wondering, could I make that into a business? But then I just felt I don't want to have a one-to-one type lifestyle business. I want something that I can scale and serve many people rather than just this one-on-one thing. So I focus more on the Amazon side, even though with my newly acquired knowledge of natural health, you know, I did a lot of stuff and I was talking to a lot of people, grew groups. And one of the groups that (laughs) I grew was, um, it was a really cool group on Facebook. And we used to like fast three days every month, just not eat for three days. (laughs) We used to do it together. It was kind of fun. And um, there was even one time, please don't do this anyone in the audience, but there was one time I actually didn't eat for 31 days, just did a water fast and learned a lot about my body um, it was mentally stimulating, I'd say, um, wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Please don't do that, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Um, so I've done a lot, I've experimented a lot and, um, I, yeah, went into the Amazon world, you know, there was a lot of stuff about selling on Amazon and that was a great experience. So my friend in the audience, uh, did some stuff on eBay. So we have this shared experience and we were both in the consulting world and we both then went into e-commerce, um, with different, I would say slightly different angles, different approaches, but we learned from each other, taught each other. Um, it was really great. You know, that's when I really learned about, you know, marketing and how to really do it right. Um, but I also learned in the long term that Amazon was not necessarily a business that I wanted because as you don't own your customer or suppliers, you literally just don't have a business. But during this time, I learned the whole sort of about um, outsourcing, working with people, being outsourced. Gosh, I did a lot. (laughs) Uh, I did so much, a a lot of hustling, um, trying out new things. I think during this period, the fastest 5K I ever earned was like... Um, no, £1,500 I ever earned was a 15-minute logo design. (laughs) Yeah, that was insane. Um, so I've done a lot, website design, everything. I think when you're running a business, you have to learn to be everything. You have to learn to wear all the hats possible. And it's only through that, that you can then employ the right people. Cause if you don't know what those people do, you can't even sort of be discerning when it comes to hiring the team to support your efforts. So you do have to do the work and you say, hey, listen, okay, this is what this work entails. These are the potential targets. Come in and do it for me. And also setting a framework so that person knows how you like to work because they might have done it very well elsewhere. You might be slightly different. So you do need to set that. I like it to be done this way and just allow them to understand. Otherwise, if you don't do that, it's guesswork. So it's just learning to deal with people. Even uh, some things like, yeah, some things I won't go into, but but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a ride, um, pandemic, um, prior, prior to the pandemic. Yeah, I was doing pretty well on Amazon. I, I was a bestseller in a number of categories. Um, learned a lot about marketing, like I said, and really just, you know, all the tools that are available. Um, and actually that's when I started seeing that 
AI was taking over the jobs of humans. So for example, what used to be a copywriter, now you have copy AI and so many other solutions that can, based on keywords, create the copy for you. Um, SEMrush, for example, is a tool that I use to see when my tribe is online, the best times to post for them and post at the right times. And I can you know, design campaigns three, six months in advance and just never ever post again because it does all the posting for me. And then I could just come back and react and sort of engage. So I started seeing that. Yeah. So if you were a person who worked in that field for now, your job is more or less gone because for me, for $99, I can have a whole, um, someone posting even Calendly, right? So people used to have PAs, EAs, um, now Calendly automates everything. It automates my availability to the sharing of links, post uh, event follow-ups. It's just amazing. It's sad in a way, but it's amazing. And I feel that, you know, I always say what a time to be alive because it's, it's technology is really the great leveler and things that were previously unaffordable are now very much affordable and you just need to know how to utilize them. And um, so, yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Anything you want to share that that's, that's over here. Rob, you have anything? Yeah, no, I, I love the part about Calendly, Calendly that uh, you're talking about, especially when you're when you're talking about, you know, people who are becoming entrepreneurs, they're they're getting into startup businesses. You don't always not everybody has the capital to to go out and put you know, your qualified team of people together. And I love what you said about doing the work first yourself. Uh, so, you know, you know who that team is that that you need to put together to have that successful business. Um I've, I've been a business owner myself in the past and, and that's not an easy task to, uh, to put that team together and, and hire the right people. Um, you know, a resume is one thing, uh, you can, you can look at some of the projects people have worked on, but you know, unless you've done the work, uh, yourself, um, you, you really don't know, uh, if somebody, you know, can, can handle that or if, they're going to be able to even take advantage of you, uh, you know, in that startup phase. So, uh, but yeah, you, you know, I've, uh, you said stalking with Andrew, <laughs> I looked at your, at your, uh, your profile and, you know, I'm looking at, um, you know, your, your client list and man, that's, uh, that's impressive. So, uh, what what are you working on, you know, say currently that you can talk about? Uh, because I know we've talked in the past a little bit. And and to me, um, you know, some of the things that you've mentioned where, you know, where that you're working on there in, in Africa are uh, are very impressive. I'd love to hear, you know, what uh, how that's playing out. Okay. <laughs> um, so Africa is where I'm from. Um, yeah, love it. Um, I may travel, but I'm definitely African and I represent, um, you know, I've lived in Europe, Asia, all kind of all sorts of places, but um, you can take the girl Africa, Africa out of the girl. And I'm, I'm really, I love my heritage, right? I love my culture. I love the people, everything. Um, but what I've seen over time, it's almost like I'm desperate to... Um, add value. So I've worked 
like in Asia, US and all that sort of stuff. And what I want to do is like, wow, I want to take some of that value back and allow us to get to know technologies that I feel are really laying the foundation for the future. So even with Web3, which we're talking about a lot right now, I speak to people back home and it's like, yeah, you know, this technology will come to Africa in about 10 years. And it just hurts me so much when that's said, because actually a lot of the technologies that we are looking at right now, AR, VR, they've been around for what, 15 years already? So it's like, at which point do we make that choice to say, hey, listen, um, why not accept these technologies? Why not adopt them? Why not impart them to the younger generation who are sitting there a lot of time without jobs, right? A lot of the time, especially in my country, some of the biggest um, employees are the government. And I'm thinking, why, how's that sustainable? Um, so I feel that if you empower young people with the know-how, that creativity, the innovation engine really gets revved up. And until that happens, these guys are just there waiting for this kind of old archaic, opaque system of employment to, to almost favor them and see them. And I just don't feel that's the way forward in terms of growth. I also, by the way, if anyone wants to come up, feel free to join. I don't want to, you know, but, but, um, no, this is, this is you, this is, a, this is you right now. I, I definitely want to hear <laughs> Because I, I don't want like a lot of interjections, you know, while you're telling your story. So the stage will be, um, okay. we'll keep it light right now. But uh, the focus is definitely on you today. Um, and after after that, we'll definitely open it up. But yeah, let's let's talk, yeah. Shirley. That's that's why we're here. Don't don't, okay. don't be shy. I know you're not yeah, shy. I'm don't be shy. <laughs> Just tell your story. Tell your okay. story. So 2020 this Lord George Floyd thing happens and I'm so sad and I'm enraged and I'm like, I have to do something, you know? Um, I'm not necessarily a, the best protester, but what I can do is, um, if there's a, a thing I can do, so I sort of wrap my brains and, um, I kicked off this uh, kind of a young person's investment challenge called Bright Ideas 2020. And, basically took a bunch of young people and said, look, you know, come in, bring your ideas. Let's develop it from ideation to the point at which we can sort of take it to market. And if you come up with a really good idea, simple to execute and, you know, it doesn't take, I don't know, five years of R and D, let's just get it out there. Then I'll fund it, you know, at least the MVP. So I did that, which was really amazing. And the good thing about Africa is so open, right? People are so open. It's like the things you could do there is ridiculous. Um, you could just meet anybody. There's one musician, actually, I did this, um, who decided to collaborate with me on that. And he didn't even, I didn't, he didn't even ask my name. I said to him, yeah, this is what I have. He was like, I'm in. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so he came in, he used this platform. He also became a judge and it's just, the passion is really there. And what I'd like to do is just get more involved in terms of the organization, the operations, the kind of the flow from, Hey, um, I don't have that technology. And the thing is people always talk about tech, but I also feel there's no tech without people because there's so many technological solutions that have no uptake, right? No one really cared for them. So I always feel it's always down to the people. If you look at the top um, 
roles in any company from CEO, CTO, CMO, HR, operations, etc. It's all an understanding of people. The moment you lose that connection with the people, the company just starts eventually crumbling. Um, and there are many examples of companies that have just lost that connect with people. So I always say to people, just because you're not technically minded does not mean you can't add value to a wider tech project. Um, so yeah, I do talk to people about that, you know, getting into tech projects who are not tech. I'm not a technical person, but, <laughs> and this is one thing my tech team hate. So like, oh, you don't understand tech. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're not special, dude. Is <laughs> what you type is just English expressed in another way. Ultimately, it's got to serve the people. I represent the people. So yeah, chill. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's what I did in Africa right now. What I'm trying to do with uh, Web3 is to try and be a conduit whereby there are a lot of companies who are looking for engineers, marketers, etc. So it's a case of finding Dis, I don't want to say displays, but people who aren't, aren't necessarily engaged in the workplace, maybe because they're still looking for jobs to come in and start learning about Web3. And what is it? What is this whole Web3 thing? What, you know, what are the components and what is it about? And, you know, what is the blockchain and how does it help? And why did it come about? And why is there so much contention around it? And then once these people get the technology, what I'd like to do is then connect them to companies who are struggling to find resources because I don't know if you know, Africa is one of the youngest populations in the world and that's kind of exciting. Um, so I don't want to go through the numbers here because I might get them wrong. And another thing that's really exciting in Africa that's happening in Africa right now is the fact that we, we are now going towards that single block in terms of trading. I think that's awesome. Um, I'm sure the US have done it, Europe has done it, um, and it's our turn now. So there's a huge opportunity um, for people to connect people, to connect markets, to connect cultures, because we have tariff barriers. In actual fact, I think the most stubborn are the non-tariff barriers that exist based on, you know, just old habits, old customs, and we need to change that. So that's what I'm really trying to do. And I definitely want to, um, talk, walk the talk, which is if I say I'm in web three, then I definitely want to start, um, pushing out solutions that are based on web three, or at least introducing people to web three and onboarding them onto the ecosystems. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Shirley, thank you so much for that. So based on some of the conversations that we've had um, in the past or even recently, I've said that um, you are you are brilliant. You know, your your mind and the way you think about things. Um, I think uh, you're absolutely amazing um, based on the conversations that we've had recently. Um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on and then we can open it up to even some crypto talk of how you got into uh, crypto. I'm, I'm curious about that journey. Uh, so when you're thinking about um, what the thing I wanted to ask you specifically is, can you share uh, some of the struggles that you've gone on, uh, through to to get where you are today? I think oftentimes um, because we've told our story um, a lot, we kind of navigate to to the very uh, frictionless right part of the story 
and not necessarily talk about some of the tensions that have gone th- that we've gone through uh, to forge the person that we're becoming or the person that we are today. Uh, so I definitely want to hear some of those anecdotes of some of the struggles. Um, you could pick whatever year you want to go back to and then bring us up to speed of some of the struggles as you were building uh, the different projects that you were uh, involved with or the different projects that you've, um, you've headed um, to present day. So I definitely want to hear some of that talk. Oh, oh God. where do I start? Um, yeah, okay. Um, I definitely count myself as a lucky person because I know that there are people who have it a lot worse than I do. Um, but I've definitely faced some struggles. Wow. Um, and as you're asking a question, I'm just, I've just got this series of scenes flashing through my head. It's like, whoa, which one do I pick? Um, you could pick, you could pick all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one, one, you, you, okay. You gotta be ballsy. Right. So I remember one time I was, rec- I was, um, interviewing for, uh, uh, a company. I don't know if it's in my clubhouse cause I didn't put everything in my clubhouse profile, but, uh, Asa, Asa is one of the, you know, largest, uh, IT companies in Taiwan. And, I love Taiwan. I've got amazing friends there and everything. Um, but, uh, so I was interviewing and apparently this, uh, hiring, well, the guy, the sponsor was really selective and he, he didn't like the client. He didn't like the consultants who were going to, uh, work on the project. So he was just being very difficult. So they briefed me and they said, you just, he has to love you. So I was like, Oh gee, okay. That's hard. So, <laughs> so I did this really long trip from Rome to, uh, to Chino, um, in Switzerland. And, um, it was just cold and horrible and snowy. And just, I remember the roads just being just oh, slippery and horrible. Finally get there. And he seems quite nice. And, he asked me all these questions. I've got answers for everything. He's like, oh, okay, enough, enough. Um, you know, how do I know? He said, I've just had two other guys in here. How do I know, you know, you're the one basically. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> so I just said, dude, of all the people, trust me, I'm the one who can get you. <laughs> he just literally came out with, you know, something like that. And I think he liked me. So he gave me the chance and that was a really tough project actually. Um, and that was the project that introduced me to, um, Asian culture in terms of how they work together in terms of teamwork and, uh, everything. It was really, really challenging, really tough. And, uh, I was the early non-Taiwanese on the, on the team. And I always wondered why, you know, for such a huge, it was a lot of money. It's a lot of money involved. Why they chose to have an external project manager. I've never talked about this like this and I realized that it was kind of designed to fail I'm going to speak openly it was designed to fail and I remember once um, so my skill set was quite particular because um, I was one of the very few consultants that had languages in terms of uh, because I speak Italian as well um, plus a few other languages plus I had 
when you start going into jurisdictions like Italian uh, or Italy, you have, you know, localizations like Libro, Giornale. It's very difficult. That's not standard in the UK, right? Um, so I tended to get picked for certain roles. So I said to them, listen, I've done this like numerous times before. This is a no brainer. Um, so he, we built trust, we built, you know, um, you know, that really strong relationship. And then what I started seeing is, um, you know, one time I went away for the weekend, I came back and one girl was just gone and I was like, what happened? And they're like, she's not a team player. And I was like, wow, that's, that's insane. (laughs) Just because she didn't want to go out. Um, so I thought, okay, fine. That's life. Um, and then, um, at some point, I started realizing deviations from the plan that I had agreed. I took off on that sort of uh, responsibility to deliver that project. And, you know, as consultants, especially as freelancers, you have to get insured. So my insurance was 10 million. So if anything goes wrong, I'm insured to that amount. So I don't take that, you know, as a joke. So as soon as I started seeing deviations from the plan, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. And once I remember they call me into room and they're like, remember who's paying your bills. And I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was so bizarre. And, uh, it was just really tough. And I remember when I flew, um, I, before this all, all happened, I, um, after I'd sort of, uh, won the contract, I was flown, um, back and I had to enter a room. It was like 20 people, sort of senior managers and, you know, regional directors and things. And I was like, okay. And, um, uh, the program manager from, I really shouldn't mention where they were coming from anyway. So they, she came in and she was like, and someone said, yeah, meet Shelly. She's our program manager. And they're like, oh my God, you're black. <laughs> and I was like, wow, (laughs) you know, uh, what do you do? Right. Um, so I think in my career, what I've learned to do is appreciate people's issues versus mine. So I thought that was really embarrassing for her. Uh, she later turned out to be super nice. I just think when people aren't used to a certain experience, they just don't always know how to deal with it. Right. I didn't take offense because there's no offense to be taken. I have no problem with being black. It's just like, you just embarrassed yourself. Um, I did enjoy that project a lot. Eventually I had to leave because like I said, they were deviating from the plan. Um, and I'd never ever quit from any project ever in my life. So I felt very, alone thinking, my gosh, this is designed to fail. And I don't want to be at the helm once it does. So I told the guy, uh, the, um, uh, the sponsor I'm leaving. He's like, why, what's going on? And I said, he's like, tell me the truth. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so I had to tell him that I just didn't feel we could confidently deliver based on the deviations that were being made. I left. It was a very tough time for me eventually realized that I made the right decision because, um, about a year later I joined another project, went back to Taiwan and they found out I was there and they asked to meet me and they took me to dinner and apologized. (laughs) It was so bizarre. Yeah. They apologized. So the person who, I mean, before I got, before I actually left that project, um, I called my agent and I said, we've hit the bottom. I'm going to leave. And he said, is, is it that bad? I said, yes, it is. He said, put me on a call, uh, tomorrow and, and I'll listen. So I let him come on the call. Nobody knew he was there. 
and this project manager was killing. She was literally, oh, she was throwing, pulling chunks out of me in front of the team. Uh, but this time I knew someone was listening. And so I just took it all. And at some point my agent was like, wow, this is just disgusting. Get off the court immediately. Call me back. We're booking your flights out. And I was like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I've been through a lot. You've got to have resolve, you know? Yeah. So sometimes wow. when my developers, when my developers tell me this is difficult, I just laugh. I'm like, difficult? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a walk in the park. Yeah. So I've been, I've been through, I've seen a lot really. Yeah. Um, in all, it was an amazing experience. Don't get me wrong, but there are definite challenges you have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, as a as a dad of daughters, um, I was curious, and I'm glad you went into that story. I was curious, um, you know, what it was like to be, you know, go through, you know, struggle to success. Obviously, you've had a lot of success, and and uh, uh, but as a as a woman, uh, you know, going through, uh, you know everything that you've gone through to get to the success. I was curious as to that story and you just nailed it on that one. So, uh, congratulations though, in, in, in the experience, uh, of going through that and, and being able to, you know, come out on the other end and, and have so much success afterwards. Um, uh, you, you mentioned NFTs, um, earlier and Andrew and I were talking about this a little bit uh, earlier, you know, we, we see a lot of NFTs, we, uh, you know, in the market with, uh, with everything going on with Russia and Ukraine right now. And, um, we, we see a lot of different projects that, uh, you had mentioned the $70 million one. And it just, it just reminds me how much money is out there and how much opportunity there is to, to, um, you know, be able to, uh, take care of some of the issues that we see on a global level. Um, you know, even, even when we're not at war, um, or, or countries are not at war. And so, um, hear from stateside, you know, my, what, what I kind of see or hear in the news as far as Africa goes, um, I, I hear a lot of housing, uh, issues and a lot of water issues. And I've seen some projects that, um, have, you know, been tackling those things. And so, uh, I wonder if you're, I wonder if you're working on anything with NFTs or, or anything that, um, you know, is, is in that, you know, area with water and housing. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's quite specific. Um, honestly, and I've, you know, Andrew, I've told you, I do feel that there's some things I'm not qualified to speak on, um, just by way of my background. Um, I've never, like when I was in Africa, I never experienced, it's just weird. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I do know that there are issues with sanitation um, I've just never experienced them. Um, housing. I mean, what I do know is that, um, we used to have a lot of issues with land titles being sold multiple times. And I do feel that, that some work has been done, done around that. And when I speak about this, I do speak in particular with, um, respect to Ghana, which is where I'm from. Cause as you know, Africa's huge. <laughs> it's 55 different nations, which are all different in sort of like culture norms, languages, etc. So, um, in terms of, uh, NFTs, or even Web3 helping, what I've seen and what I've enjoyed seeing is um, the story that Vitalik Buterin 
mentioned, well, he's spoken about when he sort of received quite a lot of a share of the Shiba Inu token and burnt, I think he burnt, I think it was 80%, it's quite a lot. And then the rest donated it to a number of charities, including the Indian COVID relief fund. So I just think, wow, you know, um, Recently as well, I think CZ from Binance has just donated, is it 10 million, 10, I think it was 10 million uh, to Ukraine. Um, I've seen other people do the same as well. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty sure that I haven't covered the whole gambit, uh, but these are some of what I've heard about. And I do feel that crypto has allowed or at least is, is allowed people to um um, create wealth and basically empower themselves to be able to help well themselves, but also others. Um, so, and I think the community is generally quite generous, which is great. Um, so it's almost like, Hey, it's a scam. Well, actually it's not, <laughs> it's actually helping people. Um, and so, yeah, I really love seeing that because I'm definitely trying to, um, not change people's minds, but definitely onboard them and at least get their attention in terms of what's possible. Um, crypto for education, uh, recently, I think, uh, the first education institution in the UK has just gone into the virtual world, the metaverse. Um, and when we talk about web three, you know, it's not just the sort of blockchain element or the crypto element, um, web three in terms of the virtual realities or the virtual virtual worlds that have been around have been around for over a decade, you know? So, um, and people have been using that for connecting communities and gaining access to, I would say quite marginalized communities. So if I re make reference to second life, for example, I do know that a lot of people used to log on a lot every day because they felt their real worlds. And I don't want to generalize. There are a lot of business owners who make a lot of money by making products for consumption, but there are also a lot of people, apparently, uh, according to Philip Rosdell himself, who was the creator initially, I think he's since left, but he talked about how a lot of uh, trans, I think it was the, a lot of the trans community who felt uh, marginalized would hang out there, create realities that they felt comfortable and safe with. Um, a lot of sex workers also decided to move trade on there as well, where it was safer for them. A lot of people with illnesses, physical ailments, for example, who don't have as easy a time as we do for full-bodied um, um, people do also sort of congregate there as well as, you know, people like you, you and me, right? Um, maybe Myself, when I was on Second Life, I had a team of about eight people from all over the world, Holland, South Korea, and I got onto Second Life to run a business. So the business entailed um, effectively making income from, I had a, sorry, let me step back. I had a virtual island and I used to, or we, the team, <laughs> we used to uh, make money by selling parcels of land, but also renting parcels of land, um, mainly to fashion creators. And one of the things we learned really quickly, which is why I'm a little bit skeptical when people talk about flipping lands in the metaverse, actually the value of the land is based on the traffic that comes there every day. So you can have a beautiful piece of land, amazing architecture, gorgeous buildings, rivers, whatever. If there's no traffic, 
no one cares. <laughs> no one sees it. Right. Um, so one of the things we realized pretty quickly was that we needed to start bringing traffic to the island. So I remember it was called Iskia. I think the island was called Iskia. Um, and one of the ways we used to bring traffic to the land was by creating a monthly event. And so every month, a ton of people will visit. And then when they visited, they discover shops. And luckily, a lot of the shops, they'd bookmark them and come back again and shop again. So that was one of the ways in which we created traffic. And uh, we worked with uh, organizations such as uh, Amsterdam Fashion Week, which is amazing. And uh, thank, thanks to my amazing Dutch um, marketing manager, she got us this incredible deal uh, working with Amsterdam Fashion Week and, um, it was, it was a, it was a group of, uh, designers. Uh, there was a lady called Jennifer Delano, who was a pretty outspoken fashion designer in, the, in, in, in Holland. And then they got us a deal at, um, we, okay, hold on. We got to do this awesome event where we did the first virtual real world fashion show, uh, where we were streaming from both environments into the other at the Bali. If anyone's familiar with Amsterdam and the lights are playing, <laughs> that was awesome. So we had the, uh, screen streaming inside the Bali, but also the screens, um, streaming outside with a sort of like runway outside as well. That was pretty awesome. So the next day it's like we're all over the news and newspapers. <laughs> it's just so weird. So yeah, that's, that, that was a lot of fun. And, but I also realized not just the fun element, but just the actual impact you can have in terms of con connecting people from all over the world and also allowing people to, uh, live a life that for them, um, you know, is, is more akin to what they want. Right. Um, yeah, because in the virtual world, you create any reality you want, really. I think my early fear and my early warning is that I personally had to step away because it is super addictive. So in my case, I had my consultancy day job and then I was trying to build this sort of empire at night and it eventually started taking a toll on my body. Um, but I know that a lot of people lived on that, on, on their sort of 24 seven and it's not good, you know? So what I would say is just having that balance um, you know, and I don't know if you guys heard about, um, a story in Singapore, uh, it was a couple that basically neglected their child eventually died because they were so enamored, so in love with this sort of virtual baby, coded baby <laughs> in a virtual world. And that's, that's tragic. So I think it's about balance and yeah, just, um, yeah, boundaries, I think really. So gosh, gonna gone on a tangent a bit so <laughs> back to you guys love it absolutely love it i was part of second life as well i remember that it was it was uh, fun days but you're you're absolutely right it can be very addicting and i used it to to kind of decompress from from my day right i was working uh corporate america and and uh i was uh i was a club owner i built a club and and i had a gallery up top kind of similar to a project that i'm invested in now and, and kind of playing around in, in, uh, the metaverse right now and just kind of built something similar. But I had met, um, 
quite a few people and uh and one of them was a dj in new york and so he used to come in and and spin for us at, at night and we would charge at the door and then people could go up and upstairs in the gallery and they could buy the the artwork and stuff like that but man that was that was such a fun time they were just amazing amazing uh you know pieces of work that people would build but i remember the islands with uh with the places that you could either buy parcels or you could rent uh kind of beachfront that's right and and stuff like that that was that was fun so fast forward to today now you've got you know cryptocurrency involved you got nfts involved and and uh you know there's there's there, I just I see so much opportunity because crypto and NFTs are involved in the Web3 space now uh, for us to be able to, you know, to kind of take care of some of these these things that um, we we have in all, you know, globally, um, you know, for people, whether it's poverty, whether it's water, whether it's, you know, just, uh, you know, just anything that has been tough for people to raise money for in tradition in the traditional sense right um seeing the amounts of money that are being sent over to ukraine and and the amounts of money that are being raised from nft projects uh just gives me a a ton of hope that you know we can do some really really good things and and i'm i'm just super impressed with everything that you've worked on so uh shouts out to you for for a second life and everything that that uh, you're about to do in the web in the web3 space Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, about about the money, though, I do feel that um, money has become a little bit cheap. Um, we are facing a lot of in- inflation. And so I do wonder over the next few months what is going to happen, because as, as you are, I'm sure you're aware, the Fed had sort of indicated that they were going to raise interest rates. Um, of course, I believe this will... Um, in Eastern Europe does change things a bit. Um, but it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, at least it's going to good use, right? right? Um, with all the money sort of um, being put out in, in terms of support. Um, one of the projects that I'm working on, uh, I talked about um, Africa now building a single block is a trade facilitation solution. Um, trade and movement of goods and people and services basically is really important. And, um, you know, there's certain countries in Africa, I think it's 16 landlocked countries where it's almost like if it doesn't happen, you know, things could go really bad because they rely on trade, uh, for foodstuffs, etc. And, you know, I was talking to a guy and he was like, the queues are just so long. And strangely enough, we've kind of experienced that in the UK as well now with Brexit. Um, and with the Brexit thing, it's really interesting because when I was, um, I talked a bit about, um, my Amazon experience and, uh, we're going to exit from the European Union. And, um, I thought, Hey, I'm going to be that smart supplier. (laughs) I'm going to get like a ton of stuff so that when others, when others run out, you know, I won't be impacted at all. Cause when you sell on Amazon, you do get penalized if you run out of stock. Uh, That's one of the things that they don't like, especially if you're a popular seller. So I went and made this huge order. My gosh. Um, probably one of my biggest in terms of my Amazon, um, 
uh, career. And then Brexit never happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I was lumbered with all this stock and the, the storage fees were killing me, crippling me. So I think for three months, I did not care. I just wanted someone to just pick it off, just pick it up. I don't care. Just, I wouldn't even sell it to you. Just pick it up. I'll even pay you to get rid of it. Cause anything had to be better than the, the storage fees that I was paying. And then eventually the pandemic happens. Um, and it's so weird because what I always talk to people about is risk management. So that's one of the things that I've done as well, risk management. Most people, when they're talking about risk, always think about, oh, it's negatives. No, I actually know it isn't. Risk is just any future uncertainty and it can either be good or it can either be bad. So had I considered, hey, there's a pandemic around the corner, I could just say, hey, there's a risk that this pandemic could help me sell out. I didn't see that. I didn't know who would, right? Um, so the pandemic hits, everyone's grounded, and this stock flew off the shelves. <laughs> this stock that I was dying to, you know, it was a lot of money. And uh, it just flew off the shelves. It finished, and I, it got to a point, I even tried to slow down sales by increasing the price. It made no difference whatsoever. So... One other thing, just on the business side, you know, just do your risk management, uh, try and understand the opportunities and threats that exist and be prepared to, you know, act on it. A lot of people did really well out of this pandemic. And it sounds cold to say that um, I'm in no way celebrating or undermine, you know, just sort of dismissing the the human loss and suffering. Of course, a lot of people suffered, but I just feel in terms of just how we manage our affairs, just understanding the opportunities and the threats that come with different things. Uh, so I just wanted to add that um, just as a sort of like the business side of things. So, uh, Andrew, have I bored you enough now? <laughs> no, you could talk all day for me. I got no problems at all. So so the one thing I wanted to touch on real quick is um, how did you get into crypto? Like when did you start? What, what caught your attention with crypto? And then from there, we'll, we'll prep to open it up for um, final thoughts from you. And then we'll open it up for uh, questions from the audience as well. So how did you get into a cryptocurrency, you know, Bitcoin, if you have Ethereum and, and things like that? Um, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. So I met this uh, really amazing guy, um, Ragu, and... We were just talking. He's an MIT professor, super interesting guy. We're just talking about business life. He, he, you know, this was years ago, 2016, 17. And he was talking about tokenized assets, which we would call now NFTs, basically. Um, and he gave me some white papers for some pretty awesome projects that were being done or at least spearheaded by a group in Switzerland. And I was reading up on it because I was also working on the projects which was aiming to allow young people to afford property because one of the big issues we have in the UK is um, a shortage, dire shortage of property. So asset prices are super high and a lot of people cannot afford property until they get into their 40s, sometimes never. Okay. Um, I think by 2030 or is it 50 is going to be, UK is going to be a nation of renters, which is maybe good, but maybe not so good. It really depends. Um, maybe not so good because you don't want to be 60 renting and get thrown out. <laughs> you have no security, but anyway, so talking to Ragu and he, he was talking about 
you know, these projects. And he said, listen, why don't you just do a course with the blockchain council? So I thought, yeah, why not? So I did. And he was talking to me about, you know, blockchain and the final mile, the IOT thing. So I did the course. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I didn't get into it straight away, but I, I think for me, the real journey started with, um, um, which happened soon after this course, um, I read the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper and I just fell in love with it. I l- fell in love with everything it was trying to do, everything it stood for, the whole freedom thing, because I love freedom, uh, the ability to choose. And I definitely understand, you know, inflation and how dangerous it can be. Um, and I love the fact that you own your own thing as much as that also carries risk. Um, it, I love the fact that it's decentralized. I love the fact that it's open. It's just, there's so much to like about it. So that's where my journey started and I, it's never really stopped. And now with projects coming out, amazing projects every day, I get so excited. Um, so yeah, it's just amazing. It's, it's growing so fast. It's actually quite hard to keep up with all the projects that are coming out, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Thank you for sharing that. So, so, uh, if you are in the audience, I've, I've learned so much about Shirley. Shirley is brilliant. I love having conversations with her and just asking her different questions about her experiences as well as her expertise, not only a breath of fresh air, but a wealth of information for sure. So if you have any thoughts that you want to share uh, based on the story that you've heard, uh, if you want to hear the story, the replay will be on. Uh, so if you've been here and you want to tap in to uh, the replay, that'll be available for you uh, afterwards for sure. Uh, so definitely check that out. But if you have any questions for Shirley uh, while she's here, uh, please feel free to raise your hand. And I'll bring you up and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there in terms of, you know, what you want to ask about her experiences or, and things of that nature. Uh, this is the time. This is the time. And if I don't see any hand raised, we'll begin wrapping up very, very soon. Uh, so, so Shirley, I've, I've uh, listened to you uh, on, on many occasions. Um, and I'm, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. And, and I, I count you, um, you know, I, I hold you in high regard and definitely consider you a friend. Uh, and I just love everything that uh, you're about and everything that you're doing. Uh, so all you're there, I'll give it to Rob. And then uh, we'll begin wrapping up since I don't see any questions right now. Rob? Yeah, no, I definitely echo that. And, and, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, with everything that you're doing on the consulting side, I see that you, you, discuss a lot here on clubhouse do you have a club do you have something a space that you open up uh you know on a regular basis are you on twitter spaces how do people find you great question um i used to be very very active on clubhouse very very active um but honestly speaking (laughs) I just think the algorithm sort of messed up in March, 2020, and it's just never been, it's it, like, it's on life, life support since. Um, and the reason I say that is because I did a collaboration with the Royal Academy of Engineering and, um, my aim was to highlight the amazing talent coming from Africa, these amazing guys who are inventing new technologies. And so when I first started out, I was able to, let's say garner the interest and, to, and uh, also get the visibility that I wanted for them by the end of the series it was less and it just stayed bad ever since so it kind of killed my excitement for um 
creating rooms. But I do have a club called We Are Brand Africa because um, I do feel fundamentally that the brand Africa brand, well, the brand is broken. I just do feel that, um, you know, when I do my research and I say, what do you think when you think of Africa? It's so funny. Uh, some young girl said, uh, struggles. And I was like, my gosh, that's, that's not a good thing. And for me, um, from being, you know, being from the continent, I, I know of so much that's beyond struggle. I see opportunity, so many things, but I do feel that we do need to work on the brand as a people and maybe change, um, the experience that a lot of people have. There are a lot of people who still think Africa is a country and that just makes me sad, cry. <laughs> and cause it's not, um, you know, and it's, it's just full of gosh, beauty, water, just everything, every kind of natural, you know, <sighs> raw material you can have. I think where we struggle is turning that into value and being able to market that value. I've literally traveled all around the world and I still love African food. I still love the culture. I still, you know, I just do, um, you know, so I do feel we have a lot to offer people, but we just don't always know how to put it out there. So, um, yeah, I would just like to, yeah, thank you for pinning that up. If anyone would like to join, I'm not opening rooms at the moment, but, um, um, I'm currently trying to grow the uh, web 3.0 Africa space, which, uh, we have on discord. So, um, if you want to just get an invite to that, just drop me a line and I'll try and get you in there. And, you know, it's friends of Africa as well. I'm an inclusive person. <laughs> You're all welcome. Um, so yeah, feel free to drop me. One other thing I wanted to say about the web 3.0 thing is I love the fact that we are as business owners for once able to um, generate funds without going to a, a, a VC, you can actually, um, create, a, a, an ICO. And I know what people, oh my God, scam. No, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> there are different types of ICOs. They're even, uh, STOs, UTOs, DICOs, uh, DYCOs, DAICOs. There are many types. So I feel like if you are in the you know process of starting a business and you look, you want to find funding, try and look into some of these ways to democratize your own access to funds rather than always going through the traditional routes. And that's another reason why I love crypto, because like I said, I like freedom. So just wanted to finish with that. No, I love the, I love the branding piece and, and, you know, what you said about, you know, asking, you know, the, the gal, you know, about Africa and, and her, her kind of take on it. You know, if you remember my question, it had to do with, you know, are you working on any projects? And I've seen other projects that have to do with housing and, and water um, because here in the States, you know, that's, you know, what I know of Africa other than uh, having an employee in the past who, who is from there, who used to share the same thing that you're saying. It's beautiful. There's so much to see the food and, and everything, but I've never been there. And all I see is what's in the media. Right. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to see the rebranding, if you will. Um, and, and where that goes, maybe one day I'll get there. Rob, you can come with me and Rob, if you like me, 
than mass africa <laughs> <laughs> well i definitely like you and definitely love you and, and everything you do and, and and again uh yeah uh yeah I, i'll definitely take you up on that <laughs> yeah look it's, it's an it's an awesome place and you know you go and you just don't want to come back it's just amazing it's definitely got its challenges but there's so much to discover and learn and see and and things like that but um just before we wrap up, um, there is a project I am working on. It's so early though, uh, so I can't really talk about it, but it's going to be super cool, super awesome. It is an NFT idea and um, hopefully I'll come back and be able to talk about it. I knew it. Yay. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I knew it too. I was just, I was just figuring out when that was going to get mentioned, but <laughs> I was trying. But yeah, I for was sure. Trying. I definitely want to hear more about that. I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah. yeah that's so awesome that's if awesome. you guys will be kind enough to have me back <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah but uh, we'll wrap up from here Shout, Go I was ahead, just going to say shouts out to you, Andrew, for putting this, this, uh, you know, this crypto life together and, and, uh, you know, changing the format since it, it started to, to having, you know, guests on. And, and, uh, today was a, a very special day, a very special guest. And, and surely I just Thank absolutely you. love absolutely. everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Mixing up a little bit. Um, I'll grab, let me see, uh, Swaggy, I'll grab you. And then after, after that, if we don't have any questions or anything, we'll, we'll begin uh, wrapping up, uh, for sure. So Swaggy, uh, you should have an invite, uh, come on up and, uh, we'll, we'll take, uh, your question. But as we're yeah. doing that, uh, definitely consider, um, go ahead, Charlie. No, I was just saying, yeah, come up and <laughs> I'd love to meet some of the guys in the room. Um, and just, yeah, connect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll wait for for him to accept the invite. And, and as we're doing that, guys, definitely uh, check out the Alliance Academy. Uh, there's, there's definitely uh, some interesting conversations that I do want to have and really bringing back what the format is intended for, right? Uh, in so many ways, you know, I envision it where people actually um just have a conversation i'm going to meet you real quick swaggy um that we have conversations where uh nobody's like talking over each other right and everybody's handing the mic the way they should off to the other person um so they can speak like i really envision that we go back to that maybe i'm naive um uh, maybe not um maybe i just may be a little bit uh crazy and my approach and some things, you know, I know people are not going to necessarily like that, but, um, but it's okay. It's okay. So, uh, as I, as I, uh, land, uh, Swaggy, what's up? How you feel? Uh, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, please forgive my, please forgive my conditions. I'm on the road here in, in Southern Cali, but I, you know, I just wanted to say, I just commend you all so much for creating such a safe space for people like myself and some of us in the audience who are just, you know, really, I'm very new to this crypto and NFT world. Um, I'm super competitive, but more than anything, I'm a student of life and just hearing the refreshing approach uh, Shirley has about her origins and the expertise that you guys just, you're just dripping out so much knowledge. I struggle to absorb it all, uh, quite frankly, but I just commend you all for just being such honorable uh, 
instructors. And I mean, I would my I would never allow my voice to be in a space like this if I didn't feel safe. And so, just thank you, thank you, thank you for for creating an opportunity for me as a father to try to teach this to my children generationally, and also to my colleagues who are somewhat we're trapped. You know, we're stuck in in the belief systems that we have and then the experiences that we've gone through have limited us in a lot of ways to try new things such as this because it's a foreign language for most uh, at least from where I'm from and um, and the platform that you're creating by just opening up these rooms I, I love it and, and I'm, I'm starving for more my appetite is growing daily increasing my, my IQ overall and just the language so I appreciate you all. I'm, I'm following everyone uh, to get to know you on a more intimate, if, for lack of a better term, intimate way. But um, you're doing it. You're doing it for someone like me, and it matters. So thank you so much. That's so sweet. Thank you, Swag, for sharing that. And I really, I'm just here talking, really. And um, just like you, I've been touched by people on Clubhouse and I do have to shout um, out um, Andrew and Crypto Rob, who are part of the uh, rundown. I guess I'm a quiet member of that, but they made me feel very comfortable as well. And I'm not going to lie. It was amazing being part of this whole Shiba Inu thing. <laughs> I think that was uh, definitely one of my favorite stories in crypto, just because it was just a dog coin <laughs> which just blew up last year to a thousand percent um and it made me feel part of something i think it's more the community um that i really love the most but when you talk about the whole father thing i think it's really important for us to learn how to build wealth for ourselves and free ourselves um not just in a traditional way because I don't want to poo-poo the sort of professional background that I have, but I could tell you it's not necessarily hard work that gives you a good life. It's smart work. Um, so you do need to find ways to diversify. And, you know, um, now, can I share one last thing that I do? Sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Shirley. Share. Go ahead. All right. I'm feeling rather smug at the moment because um, – <sighs> It's just nice, right? Uh, so uh, I, I'm currently in Surrey, um, but prior to being in Surrey, I was in central London, Marylebone, and I had a very, very, uh, very nice apartment. And the pandemic came, and instead of getting rid of the apartment, I decided to just make sure my friends were secure. And um, initially for the first period of the pandemic, I definitely subbed their rent for a long time because they're friends. They're like family. But now the four or five bed place has been filled and I'm not going to lie. It's nice to see it rolling into the bank every day, every month. So people think you need to own real estate to make money from it, but you actually don't. Um, I have a great relationship with the landlord he's kind of in New Zealand and he's trusted me to look after it um so there are other ways to you know bring in that you know the, the money and just make sure that you know you're able to um yeah you know save and invest and all that kind of stuff and it's not always the way that we are taught um it's about connecting with people who can also open your eyes to these types of opportunities as well so if anyone wants to learn a bit more about that, feel free to hit me up on the back channel. 
I love it. I love it. Rob, you got anything before we wrap? Yeah, just just want to say congratulations and and what a what a breath of fresh air and and just such a an amazing uh you know show. Uh appreciate you coming on here and and everybody if you don't know Swaggy Swaggy, come on brother. Uh I've heard you in other rooms and I I've know. Heard you pour out. <laughs> right? I've heard you pour out and, and I yeah, I appreciate you, you know, coming in as well and uh man, you 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 Definitely follow Swaggy. Definitely follow Swaggy. Oh wow, uh, Swaggy's able to say as well. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. Swaggy's low key. Not he's he's oh, low, no. super low key. Come on now, come on now. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's my first. It's my first. My second week now, right? It's my second week. So it's it's just remarkably real. It's authentic. Um, you know, I I came from a sports background. My my education was, I graduated from the University of Southern California, so I played football at USC, where I studied sports science and kinesiology, so I'm a nerd, I really am a nerd, but I'm, a, I'm just a nerd that refused to was a buff nerd, right? <laughs> um, but, the, but the thing, I only, I'm an expert at what I know, you know, what, what I don't know, I'm completely, completely illiterate at, until I've connected with people like you who have just been pouring in I mean and like you give so much value it's incredible it's incredible and um, I'm addicted I'm addicted to the knowledge that you're sharing and the wonderful and remarkable personalities that I'm I'm blessed to meet on this platform and today I just met a new and I'll be following you and uh, you know supporting you along your journey because I think that's what we're called to do as people is to come together and unite and uh, and try to make a positive impact for the future generations and the current one that we're trying to reform, right? So God bless you all. And thank you for allowing a guy like me who has not always felt included. Thank you for allowing me to feel so welcome. I genuinely mean it. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for sure. And definitely be safe out there. Uh, Shirley, um, any final thoughts? And then we'll, we'll wrap. Well, I just want to say how much I love you guys. And it's great being love here. Thank you for being so kind with me. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. So, guys, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to uh, come and hang out. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to have some dope conversations with some some dope uh, folks and even teams and even NFT conversations. There's a merch conversation happening tonight with the merch guy from Apocalyptic Apes. So that's tonight at eight. Uh, so hopefully that we can mix it up a little bit, talk about the apocalyptic apes as well as the ape queens, which is one of the uh, projects that's coming out about we have NFT uh, from that particular team. So I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to do my part and, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's receptive, you know, people are receptive to it. And I hope you guys have enjoyed the conversation today. Shirley is absolutely amazing. I love her. And um, she's, um, she's a gift. Uh, she she's a gift and and uh, Rob has uh, supported me today wasn't a hundred percent day for me uh, health wise but I, I feel great with the encouragement that now uh, ready to uh, you know go with this day so guys thank you so much thanks for listening to this crypto life for more information and updates visit the alliance discord.com that's the alliance discord.com